This Faith and Finance podcast is underwritten in part by Sound Mind Investing. For more than 30 years, do-it-yourself investors have relied on SMI for proven strategies and trustworthy guidance. SMI helps people build wealth so they can provide for their families, prepare for the future, and give generously. Learn more at soundmindinvesting.org. Did you know that slinkies are 82 feet long if you stretch them out? It's an interesting factoid, but is it really worth knowing? Hi, I'm Rob West. The world is full of useless information. Some of it's fun to learn, but it won't help you reach your goals, especially your investing goals. So today I'll talk with Mark Biller about some things that are worth knowing. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, Mark Biller is our guest again today. He's executive editor at SoundMind Investing, where they know a lot of stuff and all of it is useful. Mark, great to have you back with us. Well, thank you, Rob. I'm just curious, uh, Mark, did you happen to know that slinkies are 82 feet long? I did not know that. Okay. (laughs) Well, you could go home and tell your family tonight. They'll be very impressed. (laughs) Hey, the whole point here is that not all information is worth knowing. But uh, you have an article in the latest SMI newsletter called Things Worth Knowing, and that's what we want to find out about today. So, Mark, where do we start? Well, Rob, it really starts with a question that we've often asked to open conversations with potential new investors over the last 30 plus years. And that question is, what is the number one financial mistake that many Christians make? And in our opinion, the answer to that question is they ignore biblical wisdom when managing their money and they follow secular advice instead. And unfortunately, a lot of that secular advice, and this is, you know, the things you hear on financial shows, for example, is relatively useless information. Sometimes it's even worse than useless because it can cause you to make mistakes with your investing. Now, SMI has long taught that when you use God's protective biblical principles as a guide, you'll manage your money more wisely and prudently, and you'll glorify God at the same time. Oh, well, I totally agree. And that's a big part of what Sound Mind Investing and FaithFi have in common. Mark, tell us the story SMI founder Austin Pryor relays in the article about this very idea. Yeah, so SMI's founder, Austin Pryor, came by this knowledge the hard way. So he tells this story about how from the early 1970s through the mid-80s, He was relying primarily on his own skills and intellect for making financial investing decisions, and he had a lot of success, but also a lot of failures relying on himself and his own wisdom, if you will. By the late 1980s, Austin kind of faced up to his limitations, and he turned to the teachings of his longtime friend Larry Burkett, who many of your listeners were very familiar with, as Larry had become a leading voice on the importance of Christians applying biblical wisdom to managing their finances. So long story short, getting in sync with God's ways instead of relying on his own wisdom really laid the foundation for Austin's future financial success. And that experience more than 30 years ago still influences the content that we publish at SMI today. 
Mm, yeah, we want our wisdom rooted in something bigger than us, and that's why we go back to God's Word. So, uh, Mark, how do you determine what investors need to know there at SMI? Yeah, well, we do a ton of financial reading here at SMI, and we're constantly asking ourselves, is this something our members need to be aware of? Is this worth knowing? You know, there's so much constantly being written and discussed about the economy, the markets, specific potential investments. And of course, we do relay and comment on those types of topics to a certain extent. But we try to never lose sight of our purpose, and we view SMI as a discipling tool with a specialized focus that comes right out of Ephesians 4, and that is to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up and become mature. And within our little personal finance niche, that means learning to set financial priorities that honor God and point to the attainment of God-given goals. So given that, the things that are really worth knowing, and thus the things we try to emphasize at SMI, are first and foremost rooted in God's Word. Yeah, that is powerful. We're going to continue to unpack this. We'll talk about some of those key passages from God's Word that you need to know and the principles that we can pull out of Scripture for you to apply to the decisions and choices you're making with God's money every day. Mark Biller with us today. He's executive editor at Sound Mind Investing and more things worth knowing just around the corner. Stay with us. We're grateful for support from Guidestone, whose diversified suite of investment solutions align with Christian values to create positive change in the world. More information is available at GuidestoneFunds.com. Investing involves risk, including potential loss of principal. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of Guidestone Funds before investing. They're distributed by Foresight Funds Distributors, LLC, which is not an advisory affiliate, a registered investment advisor, nor do they provide investment advice. Are you searching for a way to become a better, faithful steward of the resources that God has given you? Well, download the FaithFi app and join the 37,000 others who are already using our app. The FaithFi app will provide you with wisdom, community, and simply help you stay on track with your finances. We have three money management options to choose from, so find an option that fits your unique needs. It's available on desktop or mobile. Simply go to faithfi.com and click App to get started. Grateful to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. Joining me today, my good friend Mark Biller. He's executive editor at Sound Mind Investing, and we're talking today about things worth knowing. Uh, Mark and the team at SMI, as they put out the Sound Mind Investing newsletter and populate their website at soundmindinvesting.org, they're constantly asking themselves, what do our members and readers need to know? And of course, that not only involves scouring all of the data and the information out there, but of course, starting with God's Word. And Mark, as we look to God's Word, what are some of those key verses that help you decide what information is important? but also worth knowing. Yeah, well, 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So we think the starting point 
is looking primarily to God's wisdom, which is found in his word, rather than the world's conventional wisdom for principles to guide our financial decision-making. Yeah. Well, as my uh, friend and mentor Ron Blue says, the very best that Wall Street has to offer has its roots in biblical wisdom. It's always right. It's Mm -hmm. always relevant. It's never going to change. Uh, Mark, the principles uh, God has given us in Scripture are also practical and relevant to our lives, aren't they? Yeah, they certainly are. You know, 1 Corinthians 4.2 tells us that it's required that those who've been given a trust must prove faithful. So it's worth knowing that we each have to take personal responsibility for making knowledgeable, biblically consistent financial decisions. And if we don't know how to do that ourselves, we need to get some help, whether that's from a service like SMI or finding an advisor that can assist us. But even then, we're still ultimately the ones who are responsible for our financial decisions. I couldn't agree more. You know, we're constantly discussing the value of finding a solid Christian advisor, a certified kingdom advisor here on this program to help with your financial decisions. Now, Mark, I love the next group in the article that hits some of the core tenets of biblical financial stewardship. So tell us what those are. Yeah, so Proverbs 22.7 tells us that the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is a servant to the lender. So it's definitely worth knowing that debt can be enslaving and that we should avoid it as much as possible. Then Proverbs 21.20 tells us in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. So it's worth knowing that maintaining a proper balance between current spending and our long-term saving is actually a sign of wisdom. And Proverbs 21.5 tells us, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. So it's worth knowing that we should consistently try to invest from a carefully considered long-term plan instead of making our decisions impulsively on a case-by-case basis. And then the last one in this section, Rob, I know is familiar to your listeners. It's from Ecclesiastes 11.2. Divide your portion to seven or even to eight, for you do not know what misfortune may occur on the earth. So it's really worth knowing that we need to rely on diversification rather than a preoccupation with market timing as a means of controlling our risk and protecting our capital. Mm, Yeah, that's very helpful. Uh, Mark, the last one in the article is a little different. Uh, In fact, I remember you wrote an entire article once with this as the title. So tell our listeners about this final passage. Yeah, this one hits close to home for me, Rob. It's one that I have to really, um, you know, constantly keep in front of me. And it's from Proverbs 23, 4, which says, Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Have the wisdom to show restraint. So it's really worth knowing that we all need to be constantly on guard against greed and against spending all of our energies in the really futile attempt to just constantly get more that's so ingrained in our culture, whether that's, you know, striving for more in our careers and our work, or if in in some cases, maybe being overly focused on getting the very highest possible returns from our investments. 
And like I said, you know, as a, a fellow traveler that's prone to this sort of thinking at times myself, you know, that wisdom to show restraint is a yes. phrase that has really stuck with me and that I come back to frequently to just keep my own self in check. That's a great reminder for us all. Uh, Mark, what can someone expect to experience when they follow these principles that you've outlined today? Yeah, the beauty of this, Rob, is that God's Word is so good and, and it's so faithful. You know, as we renew our minds with these guiding precepts, you know, you can apply them to help you make the day-to-day -day financial decisions that everybody faces. And if you follow them consistently, you can have confidence that whatever the short-term sacrifices may be, you're making wise spending, saving, and investing choices. And that really frees you to leave the results with God, knowing that, like 1 Timothy 6 says, godliness with contentment is great gain. Mm. Mark, what about somebody who says, you know, I understand these principles, but this time is different. I mean, we're in the end times, and perhaps we <laughs> need to change our approach to yeah. all of this. What would you say to that person? Yeah, you know, it's always different, and it's never different. And that's really where, um, you know, the beauty of these principles comes in, because the principles never change. They're solid. They're consistent. Yes, the application of those principles is going to look different in different situations, and maybe even for different individuals. You know, trying to apply the same principle may look a little different, but it's usually a mistake. Um, and, and this is one, ironically, Rob, that even the, the conventional financial world would agree with us on, that it's always dangerous when you start saying, but this time is different. Um, yeah. You know, that's a common thing you'll even hear in the secular financial world. Be careful. If you're thinking it's so different this time, that's usually a trap or a pitfall. And I think that's definitely true when we're talking about God's timeless wisdom that he's relayed to us in his word. You know, we would be uh, we'd be remiss to say, yeah, but I know better than that because this time's different. Yeah, that's exactly right. But it's also important to note, Mark, that even when we apply biblical principles, although we put ourselves in a position to experience God's best, it doesn't mean we're going to be free from challenges and difficulties in this world along the way, right? No, that's a great point. And that's that's really where, you know, we're not going to have a 100% success rate. But if we're trying our best to apply God's wisdom and do it His way, that's where that last point that we made really comes in, where we can say, well, that one didn't work out, but I can rest with the results being in God's hands because I'm trying my best to apply His principles and do it His way. Yeah. And that really frees us from a lot of the weight of carrying the, the burden of our own success or failure when we can leave it in God's hands. And, and I think really that's what, what helps us get his peace through the, the difficult market times. Well, perhaps we need to turn down the world's noise and turn up God's voice. Mark, this has been really helpful. Thanks for stopping by. Always my pleasure, Rob. That's Mark Biller, executive editor at Sound Mind Investing. You can learn more at soundmindinvesting.org. That's soundmindinvesting.org. We'll be right back.
We are grateful for support from Sound Mind Investing in the Faith and Finance Program. For more than 30 years, they've been helping Christians reach their financial goals with step-by-step guidance for investors at every stage, from those just getting started to those getting ready for retirement. Through scriptural principles and practical suggestions, SMI offers financial wisdom for living well. More information, including the short video webinar on profit and peace of mind, no matter what's happening in the market, is available at soundmindinvesting.org. We're grateful for support from Movement Mortgage, who provides residential home loans in all 50 states. Guided by a mission to love and value people and a goal to redefine the mortgage process, Movement seeks to help others achieve their financial goals. You can find out more at movement.com slash faith. Movement Mortgage LLC supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 39179. For licensing information, please visit nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. All right, it's time to take your calls and questions today on anything financial. We'd love to hear from you. The number to call is 800-525-7000. That's 800 800- Five two five seven thousand. We've got a few lines open, and we'd love to tackle whatever you're thinking about. Perhaps there's a question that's been kind of rolling around in your mind over the weekend, and you'd like to uh, run it through the lens of biblical wisdom, so we can help you apply God's principles to the decisions and choices you're making. You know, as we think about managing money God's way, it's got to start not with just how tos on to improve our financial situation. It has to start at the core with our identity. Who are we in Christ? And make sure that we're pursuing him with full surrender and then seeing money as a tool to accomplish his purposes. And when we start there, realizing the abundance that we have in Christ, then our money takes its proper role. We see ourselves as managers. Then we can apply the principles from God's word that are throughout scripture, the big themes and ideas, and ultimately, apply it very practically to the actual decisions and choices you're making. That's what we want to do here in a hopeful and encouraging way on this program each day. All right, we'd love to hear from you. 800-525-7000. By the way, before we drop into uh, our calls today, uh, let me mention uh, from Apple regarding savings. That's right. Apple's come out with a a way to get a better interest rate on your savings. Listen to this. Uh, They launched their Apple card some time ago, but they announced their savings account that goes along with the Apple Card, and it's paying 4.15% annually. No minimum deposit or balance, and you can open an account from the iPhone wallet app. Uh, Pretty interesting. Now, the catch is you have to have an Apple credit card to open the savings account, but a nice feature is that all of the Apple Card's daily cash rewards will go straight into that savings account, and the card pays 3% cash back Uh, on purchases. So while the Apple savings account interest rate is high compared to brick and mortar banks, it's not the highest in the digital sphere. There's actually some out there right now as high as four and three quarters percent with a minimum deposit. But Apple's entered this space in a big way and certainly something to take note of. So we hope that's helpful to you. All right, let's head to the phone. Speaking of uh, savings accounts and how to handle uh, God's money, I think Gail has a question along those lines in Alabama. Gail, go right ahead. Yes, thank you for taking my call. My question is, I'm 70, my husband's 77. Uh, We're both drawing retirement. It's about $2,000 a month. I still work part-time, and we have a 
I, we had a, about 125000 in savings, and I drew out 25000 about three or four months ago and put in a CD, and it's, it's drawing really good. And my question is, should I draw out maybe every six months and put put 25000 in a CD because I'm not drawing anything off of my savings? I do have one IRA that when it matured, I rolled it over into annuity, and it's drawing like almost 3%. Yeah. But someday, when I'm not able to work part-time, we'll have to live off of our savings. So uh, yes. I don't see in the – we don't owe anything but just living expenses. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm a little nervous about I, – I don't foresee us having to draw out our savings. But it's just 15 months the CDs are. And right yes. now, they're they're paying pretty good. Yeah, that's right. Well, I think the first question is to decide whether you want this completely secure and you're looking for bank-type products or you want to take a little bit of risk to get a better return. The idea would be even at 80 years old, uh, you know, the rule of thumb would tell you you might want as much as 30% in stocks because that's going to give you a growth component and then you might put the balance maybe 70% in a mix of both bonds and other type of, uh, you know, cash equivalents like CDs or high-yield savings accounts or money markets, and that the combination of that portfolio, savings, money markets, CDs, bonds, and then uh, a small allocation to stocks would allow you to grow this portfolio, overcome the effects of inflation, and yet still be far less volatile than the broad stock market. And so if you know, if the market's down in any given year, you're going to be down a lot less than the market. Uh, but you also may say, vis-a-vis your CDs and even the annuity you mentioned, that you just don't want to take any risk. You're not comfortable with that. And if that's the case, then this is an opportunity to take advantage of both high-yield savings and CDs. You mentioned CDs north of 5%, which you're exactly right. You don't even have to go out as much as 18 months to get that. Uh, you can also get, well, as I mentioned a moment ago, with high-yield savings, you can get 4% plus in a high-yield savings account, uh, in some cases with no minimums, no fees, the money is completely liquid. So there's no reason for you to leave it in a brick-and-mortar savings account another day if you don't have to, because you're going to earn the average of probably you know less than 0.3%, uh, might even be far less than that, where you're essentially earning nothing. And with FDIC insurance and complete liquidity, meaning it's backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government, and you can get to it at any time, you could open a high-yield savings account with an online bank, link it to your checking account, and, you know, with a free transfer through the ACH system, have access to your money, you know, within 24 hours or 48 at the most. So give me your thoughts on all of those ideas and, and perhaps which you think might be the best fit for you. Uh, I hadn't thought about the high yield savings account. I'll look into the high yield yeah, so one option would be um, that I mentioned a lot is Marcus, uh, M-A-R-C-U-S dot com, FDIC insured. It's the Goldman Sachs retail division. They're paying 3.9%. So you could link that to your checking account. One of your family members could help you set that up. And then I like the idea of what's called a laddered CD. And this is what you were referring to, Gail. You could put, you know, a third of what's remaining outside of savings. And I'd keep at least three to six months expenses 
in savings at at 3.9%, maybe even 4%. But the rest, you could ladder it out and maybe a third of it in a six-month CD, a third in a year, a third in 18 months. And then every six months, you'd have a third of it coming due and you could roll it over into a new 18 months. So you're only six months away from a third of your money at any given point. Uh, So that might be another approach to think about. Does that sound good? That sounds, that sounds good. You've been very helpful. Thank you so well, much. Well, you're welcome, Gail. Thank you for calling today. We appreciate you being on the program. This email from Brian, he's wondering for a, a family of five, what's the right budget percentage for spending on groceries and household items? He says, we're spending over $2,300 a month. Uh, what I would say, Brian, is 12% of your budget is kind of that guideline. Use that as a starting point. Now, that's probably going to be significantly lower than what you're spending right now. And so, So if you need to go up above 12, you certainly can. Just make sure it balances with the rest of your budget. Uh, To keep costs down, hey, work on a meal plan. And when you go shopping, stick to the list. Well, that does it for us today. I'm Rob West. Thanks to our amazing production team and to you for listening. I hope you'll join us again next time right here on Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.